0: To solve this, you would need to increase your monthly contributions or extend your retirement timeline to later than 65 years old. If that sounds difficult or unpleasant, then that's a reason that you should not stop retirement investing now, even for a period of time to pay off your mortgage faster. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do three things. First, we'll be answering a question from the Marriage, Kids, and Money community about whether it makes sense to stop investing to pay off your mortgage faster. Second, we are back with our mortgage-free family segment. This quarter, we're gonna be featuring Amber from North Carolina, who recently paid off her $250,000 mortgage. And last but not least, my son Calvin's gonna be joining me for another good word with all of the difficult news out there. Calvin and I are ready to share some good news for you. All right, let's jump into today's show. I received a question from Kevin on email, and here it is. Hey, big fan of the podcast. Thanks, Kevin. Question for you, if you have time, sir. Yes, I do. I do have time. I'm really close to paying off the mortgage. I believe I can do it six months faster if I freeze my contributions to my 457 and add them to the mortgage to pay it off faster, then resume normal contributions when I'm done. What do you think? Thanks, Kevin. Kevin, thank you very much for reaching out. Congratulations, by the way, on being so close to paying off your mortgage. That is super cool. The benefits of a paid off home can not only help you financially, but emotionally as well. And as a guy who paid off his mortgage almost five years ago, I know this joy firsthand because it just lasts, man. (laughs) Let's discuss your question here, though should you stop investing for your retirement to pay down your mortgage faster? Now, instead of answering your question, I wanna arm you with the information to answer this question for yourself. That way, as you progress towards greater financial milestones like mortgage freedom and retirement, you'll be able to adjust as things change and modify accordingly. So here are some steps I want you to take, Kevin. Number one. Calculate your total retirement balance. In order for me to say whether stopping your retirement contributions for a period of time is a good idea or a bad idea, it would be good to know where you stand financially. Specifically, it would be good to know how much you've already saved up for your retirement needs. That way, you, you know if, if you could slow down. And in your case, you mentioned a 457 plan. That's similar to a 401k or 403b plan for other people out there. Outside of employer-sponsored plans, your retirement investments could also be in the form of an IRA. That's a traditional IRA, Roth IRA, or even an HSA. Our family's using an HSA as a retirement investment option as well. So add up all of these accounts and see where you stand. Number two, use a compound interest calculator. Let's say you've totaled up your retirement investments thus far and you have around $200,000 saved up. Since I don't know your age, we're going to pretend you are 40 years old, Kevin. <laughs> With this information, we can make a sort of back of the napkin guesstimate on how your investments will grow over the coming years. If you continue to invest around $500 per month, again, I am making this stuff up so because I, I don't know how much you're contributing. <laughs> so let's just assume you invest 500 bucks per month and you keep investing for 25 more years since you're 40 you may have around $1.5 million by the time you are 65. This assumes a 7% interest rate, which adjusts for inflation over the years. Now, these numbers might not be your numbers, Kevin, or anybody else listening. So use the compound interest calculator you might find on Investor.gov, which is my favorite, and insert your real numbers and see how it shakes out. Number three, use the 4% rule. With the 4% rule, you can get a roundabout view of how much you can safely withdraw from your retirement portfolio each year to live on. This 4% rule is not an exact science. It's a simplified way to see where you stand and how much potential retirement income you'd have. So if you have $1.5 million accumulated by 65, again, this is adjusted for inflation, You'd be able to live on sixty thousand dollars per year using the four percent rule. So that math problem is one point five million times four percent equals sixty thousand dollars. If your compound interest calculation gets you to one million dollars by sixty-five, then your potential annual retirement income would be forty thousand bucks and five hundred thousand dollars. Let's say you get to five hundred thousand dollars by sixty-five. That'll net you. per year. You see how that goes? So 4% times a million gets you 40,000. 4% times 500,000 gets you 20,000 per year. So like with most things, the more you save, the more you'll have to live on in the long run. Number four, calculate your current comfortable lifestyle. All of these calculations, they beg the question, well, how much do I need to live? That's a great question, right? While it's difficult to predict what your needs and lifestyle will be like in retirement, it's easy to calculate how much you need now. So let's start there. If you don't know how much you're spending, I'd recommend getting a budgeting app like Mint or YNAB. These apps make it easy to calculate how much you spend each month and will help you categorize that spending easily. Maybe apps aren't your thing, that's fine. You can use a spreadsheet and calculate it yourself by looking at past credit card statements and bank statements. Start with the big expenses like housing, transportation, and food, and then work down from there. Soon you're gonna know how much you need to live a comfortable life. As an example, my wife and I live comfortably on 60 to $80,000 per year. This is without our mortgage, by the way. Now, could we dial things back if we need to? Yeah, we currently are. (laughs) Nicole's going back to school and uh, the income's gonna be a little lower for a while. So we're dialing things back and I think we're still gonna be fine. But when things are solid and we've got more income in, we like that 60 to 80K per year range. It helps us to go on vacations. It helps us to give. It helps us to invest. It helps us to do things that make our lives happy. So find out what your number is. Number five, decide if stopping retirement contributions is a good idea. With this information that you've gathered, you'll be able to determine if stopping retirement investing to pay off the mortgage faster is a good idea or not. Let's recap our fictitious numbers, (laughs) and I've rounded them here. The current retirement investment balance, we say, is $200,000 in this example, Kevin. You're 40 years old. Your target retirement age is 65. Your monthly contributions are 500 bucks. Your interest rate factoring in inflation is 7%. Your total retirement balance at 65 could potentially be $1.5 million. And that will give you an annual retirement income of $60,000 per year. Let's say you've calculated your comfortable living expenses at $80,000 per year. And that's with the mortgage principal and interest and you're starting to get a little worried because your retirement projections aren't looking great, well, then you should calculate what your comfortable living expenses are without your mortgage principal and interest. Make sure to leave in your taxes and insurance because you'll still need to pay those even when you're mortgage-free. I know, it stinks, right? (laughs) For example, let's say this takes you down to $70,000 of comfortable living expenses per year. Still, even without your mortgage, your retirement numbers aren't looking that solid. To solve this, you would need to increase your monthly contributions or extend your retirement timeline to later than 65 years old. If that sounds difficult or unpleasant, then that's a reason that you should not stop retirement investing now, even for a period of time to pay off your mortgage faster. So you might be asking, well, when can I stop retirement contributions? (laughs) These fictitious calculations and then the final result may have taken the wind out of your sails if you guys are playing along at home with your own compound interest calculators. But don't get me wrong. I really love the paid off house, but I love ensuring my retirement is safe and comfortable first. So for that reason, let's discuss when you can feel comfortable stopping your retirement contributions. And that's a little lovely place I like to call Coast Fire. What is Coast Fire, you might ask? Well, Coast Fire is when you have enough invested in your retirement accounts that you can decide to drastically slow down or completely stop new contributions and still retire comfortably in your 60s. When I'm talking about retirement accounts, I'm talking about your 401k, 403b, 457 IRA, and even your HSA, as I mentioned earlier. These accounts are focused on your future retirement needs. I don't know about you, but I don't have a pension waiting for me. And my faith in social security being enough or even being around by the time I'm 60 is not strong. So if you're like me, it's on us to create our own pension. That's what Coast Fire is to me. It's my pension that I get access to in my 60s. Let's talk about how to know when you've achieved Coast Fire. Let's do a roundabout example of how that math would work. I'll use our situation again. We have around $550,000 saved up for our retirement, and we are 40 years old. If we simply let this account grow at a 7% annual growth rate, that's the market average minus the 3% for inflation, We could expect to have around $3 million by the time we turn 65. That's without adding any more contributions to our account for 25 years. If we use the 4% rule with our $3 million, we should be able to live on $120,000 per year. That is more than enough for us to feel comfortable. More than enough. Given that, we're not planning on adding much to our retirement accounts going forward at all. Because why? Like, for what? For an even cushier retirement? No, man, we want to enjoy more of our money today. So if you find yourself in this position now, or you're projected to be Coast Fire in the near future, then I'd look at low-interest debt like your mortgage. Coast Fire combined with mortgage freedom, that is a beautiful thing. Remember that this Coast Fire calculation, everybody, it's not perfect it's best to meet with a financial professional about your specific situation and ensure you're on target. But being armed with the concept of Coast Fire for those meetings with a financial advisor might not be a bad idea, because you know, depending on the situation you have with your financial advisor, they might want you to invest a lot, a lot, a lot, because there's a financial incentive for you to do that. I think it's good to know that you don't need to save for retirement forever. I think that is a, a good thing to know. There is an end, to investing for retirement. It's not a permanent state. So yes, meet with a professional, but also do the Coast Fire calculations for yourself as well. I'll include some more detailed calculators in the show notes from sites that I enjoy. Factoring in taxes and changes to inflation over time, that's going to be pretty important. This uh, consumer price index showing inflation growing higher and higher and higher every month, month after month. It might throw these things for a whirl, after a little while so your calculations might need to adjust but still on average i think three percent is pretty good for inflation year over year even with these crazy spikes as of late but enough for me everyone i want to hear from you do you think it's okay to stop retirement contributions to pay off your mortgage faster what do you think of the concept of mortgage freedom or coast fire do you think these are great ways to create some space and peace in your life Please hit me up on social media by sharing this episode, sharing your thoughts, and then tagging me at Andy Hill MKM on Twitter or at Marriage Kids and Money on Instagram. And if you have questions like Kevin, please leave me a voicemail at slash voicemail. I love answering questions like this. I love being able to throw my two cents in and maybe help somebody along their journey. Either way, comments or questions, it'd be great to hear from you. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tello and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up, the code is valid until April 19th, 2024. marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tello. Thanks for taking the time to consider our sponsors, everybody. Let's jump back into the show would you like to own your home outright? What would it feel like to never make a mortgage payment ever again? On our mortgage-free segment today, we're going to interview Amber Sauer from North Carolina. Recently, Amber and her husband, TJ, became mortgage-free after eliminating their $250,000 mortgage. Today, we're going to learn how they accomplished this family financial goal and what they're doing with their money now. Welcome to the show, Amber. Thank you. Glad to be here. The first thing that I like to do on this program is do the mortgage free three, which helps to give people an understanding of what you did. And we just do these in quick short answers. So the first thing is I, I kind of alluded to this in the introduction, but what was your exact starting mortgage principal balance when you guys started?
1: Yeah, so when we started, it was two hundred and fifty-six thousand.
0: Two hundred and fifty-six thousand. Great. Okay. And then the second question is, how long did it take you to pay off two hundred and fifty-six thousand?
1: Took seven years.
0: Seven years. Awesome. Very cool. What is the home value today?
1: So it's a great question. We actually had an assessment done two months ago, and we're at 590.
0: 590. That's awesome. Well, good on North Carolina for those uh, home values rising, right? (laughs) Yeah. I love it. So let's talk about your motivation. Why did you want to become mortgage free in the first place?
1: Well, for us, it was very much an insurance policy. That's how kind of we're thinking about being mortgage free. We had done a lot of work to get out of debt, and the mortgage-free part, it was something that was really important to us because both sides of our family, we've had several family members who have experienced homelessness. And, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, kind of think, oh, it's drugs, it's alcohol, it's all these vices that cause that. In our case, for our family members, they were medical emergencies, They had, you know, it was cancer, it was a debilitating car accident, it was a number of things that they were perfectly healthy, they were working, they were doing all the things you're supposed to do in life. But then they got hit with this thing, and eventually lost their homes. And so we just wanted an insurance policy against that. If something like that were to happen, you know, of course, we're saving, we're doing all the things. But as long as I can pay my taxes and my HOA and my insurance, nobody can take a house from me (laughs) at this point. So it was very psychological.
0: I talk about the importance of these decisions that we make based on our past experience or our past experience of family members. When people say money is not psychological or you shouldn't put emotions into it, it's hard. It's hard to follow that advice. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's a big part of the reason that our family paid off our mortgage too. It's just that security and it feels good to have your home paid off. And, and that's not the first time I've heard this sentiment on homelessness about medical debt. I had a, a woman named Triger Strasberg on the show. She's a, uh, founder of a organization called Humble Design, which helps people who have become homeless and get back into, into life by giving them furnished homes. And she said the number one reason that people end up here, again, not because of drugs or alcohol, it's because of medical debt, because of a big medical emergency that they just couldn't pay for or they weren't prepared for and it just bankrupted them or got them in a position where they experienced homelessness. So I completely understand where you're coming from. And I appreciate your motivation based on that past experience. Let's talk about some of the details. What type of loan did you have when you got the home seven years ago, you said?
1: We just got a conventional 30 year fixed home mortgage.
0: Awesome. Great. And then what was the rate that you were paying when you had that?
1: We had 4% and then we refied after three years to get 2.7. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Very, very low rates. They're historically low rates right now too, as the Fed is uh, signifying they're going to be raising things and, and that'll impact things. So when you bought the home, you got the 30 year, how much did you guys put down to make the homeownership experience a possibility for you guys?
1: So we ended up putting down 59 and that was from the sale of a previous home. So let's
0: talk about how you did this, how you guys paid off your mortgage early. What were some of the things? Obviously, you had the motivation. That was number one. You had the motivation to become mortgage-free, to not experience anything like your family members had experienced. What did you guys do to pay this off? Did you guys increase your income, decrease your expenses? What did you do?
1: We used the same techniques that we used as we were paying off debt, and, you know, our previous debt consumer debt. And you know, we certainly did try to increase our income. We both moved jobs and moved into higher-paying industries, and both of us increased our income by about thirty percent by doing that. I did side hustles. My husband did not. Instead, he, his side hustle was taking on the bulk of the childcare tasks. <laughs> That's a side his hustle career. for sure. <laughs> His career is very flexible. He gets to work when he wants. He gets to work as much as he wants as long as his goals are met. Mine is much, I'm in HR, so mine is a much more you need to be in a certain place at a certain time. And of course, we reduced our expenses. and for us, or for me personally, part of that was I needed to go through therapy. I went through a year and a half of therapy because we are an adoptive family. When we adopted our children, We went from zero children to two one-year-olds. Very, very big change. I had also just started a new job and was not eligible for FMLA. And so I didn't get that leave. They were like, I mean, we'll give you four weeks of unpaid leave. So here I was with two new babies that were one years old, special needs because of their foster situation. And so I had I wasn't sleeping, I didn't have any time to myself, it was work, it was doctors, it was all the things. And I developed a very detrimental shopping habit. And as as a as a way to cope, so a very bad coping mechanism. And that was obviously really not helping. And so I went to therapy to kind of figure out what that was about and really what it was is when I was going to the store, that was the only time, or when I was out shopping, that was the only time that nobody needed something from me. You know, like husband wasn't there, kids weren't there, work wasn't there. It was the only time that I could just be like alone by, my, by myself with nobody touching me or asking me for something. And so through therapy, I was really able to get a lot of techniques and work through a lot of that and develop better coping habits. And that decreased our, our expenses as well. Of course, we looked at the more traditional expenses that people look at and how can we lower those and what can we cut back on? But that therapy piece was extremely important for me personally.
0: That is, seems like such a blind spot in our, I guess, corporate America world where that time isn't given to new mothers as it should be. It feels like that's sort of a major miss opportunity for especially with the situation that we have in our country I think it's almost 500,000 kids are in foster care so I mean if if as a nation we want to be a part of the solution and and help with that remedy we need to be supporting parents in the same fashion so it sounds like a good amount of money was spent in a good way to help you and support you in the way you needed to be supported with therapy
1: it really it really paid off we you know once i got through that onto the other side our Savings rate just accelerated like gangbusters.
0: I understand shopping and all that goes into it can really have a drain on your finances, especially if it's, you know, done for shopping therapy. But, oh man, I completely understand getting out of the house and not having anybody ask you for anything for a little while and concentrate on yourself. That's uh, that's time well spent.
1: <laughs> yes, Uh-oh, I just like, needed better ways to do that. <laughs> yes,
0: as, as I'm sure you figured out, absolutely. Well, to help people understand, you know, this big feat that you guys have done, you guys paid off $256,000 in seven years. Do you have a general income range? you could share during that time that would help people understand?
1: Absolutely. So when we started that journey combined, we were at 150. And my husband and I have always made about the same amount. So kind of 50-50 between us. We started out at 150K combined When we paid it off, we were at 260 combined. Yeah,
0: that's great. You guys had healthy income. You're both working, you're both putting in the hours to make it a possibility. Now that you're done, now that this thing is paid off, what are you guys doing? How is life different? Did you guys celebrate? Talk to us about that.
1: Yes. Well, we celebrated by opening a Vanguard account, Um, (laughs) brokerage account. (laughs) And for we, we paid it off during our anniversary month. And for our anniversary, my husband got me index fund shares. So
0: that's my kind of romance. I no like boy,
1: it. that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he told you know, when he got me the shares, he calculated it out 20 years. And he was like, this is how much I'm giving you.
0: <laughs> I like that. Smart man. It
1: was fabulous. And so it's very it is such a pressure off now that we have the mortgage paid off. And what we're doing with the money is um, a couple of different things. One is we completed saving for our kids' college. We are doing a brokerage account and because FIRE is our goal. And then actually we funded a six-month sabbatical for me, which I am currently on coming up on that six-month mark for me where I where I will be reentering the workforce. But it was just an opportunity to have that career break. And it has been such a gift. It was completely worth everything we needed to do to pay off debt and go mortgage free for me to be able to do this.
0: I think that's beautiful. So what has this six months been like for you as far as just your mental health and as a mom and as a wife?
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's been wonderful. I've just been doing a lot of volunteering with a women's program, a women's career program. I'm in HR, so I can't totally leave that behind. And I've really been able to, our kids started high school, they're 15. And so, you know, going from the two years of pandemic, completely remote to now being thrown into high school was a big transition. So I've been able to really be present and support them the way I want to be able to support them. And being able to do that has just, it's really been such a gift. And my mental health is so much better having had a break. And now that I'm hopping back into the workforce, it's with renewed energy. And I'm able to really take my time in finding what I want and not having to accept the first thing, even if it's not what I want.
0: When you've erased the mortgage, you have the ability to now save a large chunk of money each month towards things that are really potentially weighing on your brain, being like, I need a break. So, okay, how do I take this money to allow myself to have a six-month break from work to allow yourself to recharge and decide where you want to go with the next stage of your life and then talk about plans for early retirement or part-time work in the future, whatever that ends up being. Mortgage Freedom gives you options and you guys are experiencing those options. Let's talk to the person who's listening right now that says, you know what, paying off your mortgage really three percent interest rate, 2.7 interest rate, you could make a lot more in the stock market. Why would you pay that off? What would you say to that person?
1: Yeah. So again, I think for for us, it was very much insurance and I was willing to pay a little bit more for insurance to be able to sleep a full eight hours at night, knowing that we're very secure in our home. And then also to have that money to fund kind of a mini retirement, Right. Also, knowing that when I go back, I don't have to go back to the same level of job. I could take a downshift, if I wanted to, because I don't have that payment. I don't have to pay that money every month. Preserving your mentality, preserving your psychology and your energy.
0: I would agree. I mean, a pile of money in 30 or 40 years versus your personal security and mental health today. That's a tough balance to fight. I completely agree with the decision you guys have made. It sounds like such a smart move for your family and personally for your mental health. If somebody wants to own their home free and clear like you have in the future, what is one small step they could take following this chat?
1: One of the things, you know, I know a lot of people give very mathematical answers to this, but I really want to give a family decision type of answer is, as a family, really decide what you're willing to do for that. And really decide what are the things that matter to us? And are there there ways to do those things that don't involve money? We changed so many things about our lives that, you know, cost money, we eliminated those, but we still kept those core things that were so, so important and just found ways to do those low cost, no cost. And that way, we did not feel denied or, you know, deprived in any way when we were on that journey, because seven years is a long time. (laughs) And you can't you just you can't feel denied for that whole time. And so really making those decisions up front, I would recommend a family do that for themselves.
0: I think that's beautiful. Amber, thank you so much for your time today. This is very inspiring, especially for a lot of people out there. We've gone through a a weird couple of years here in our country and, you know, trying to decide what you want to do or who you want to be or what kind of situation you want to be in. We all had a little bit of pause when the pandemic came here and it gave us some time to reflect and think. So maybe this is another time for people to reflect and think after this conversation to decide where they want to go over the next couple of decades of their life or whatever it is. Amber, thank you so much for your time today. If People have questions on your journey. Is there a way that they could get a hold of you?
1: Yes, absolutely. People are welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at a sour zero zero.
0: Excellent. I'll put that in the show notes. Everybody, again, Amber, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Quick reminder this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do a quick favor for me. Please share a positive family or financial news story on social media and tag your friend Andy at Andy HillMKM on Twitter and at Marriage Kids and Money on Instagram. I truly believe, everybody, that there is a opportunity for us, for people like us, to shine light and positivity in the world right now. I think we really need it, man. I really do. And with the power of social media, I believe we can be the change that we want to see in the world. Recently, I received this news story from Mary on Instagram, and it's entitled, Mackenzie Scott Donates $436 million to Habitat for Humanity, Continuing Her Giving Spree Since Her Divorce. And to help me read the article and share the good word, I'm happy to be joined by my son, Calvin Hill. What's up, buddy? Good. What's up is good. (laughs) How's life, man? I don't know. You don't know? What did you do yesterday with your dad? That was a lot of fun.
2: I played on the trampoline.
0: Played on the trampoline? Yeah, that was fun. And then what did we do outside with a ball? What ball? Remember when we played soccer yesterday in the sunshine? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was that fun? Yeah. Was it good to see your buddies? Yeah. It's the sign of spring, right? Yeah. Well, let's read this story with your long answers there. Philanthropist Mackenzie Scott, the ex-wife of Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, has donated $436 million to Habitat for Humanity, calling it a transformational donation. Jonathan Reckford, CEO of Habitat for Humanity International, said... This incredible generous gift will allow us to dramatically increase capacity and implement programs that will have a multi-generational impact on communities around the US and our global mission for many years to come.
2: Ms. Scott has given away 8 billion in the past 2 years of hundreds of charities. After a divorce from Jeff Bezos, left her 4% of Amazon's shares. She has signed the Giving Pledge through which many billionaires have promised to donate more than half of their wealth.
0: Wow. 84 Habitat affiliates in the United States will receive the bulk of the donation, while the international nonprofit will use its $25 million portion to fundamentally increase the supply of affordable housing and advocate for policy proposals and legislation that enable access to affordable housing through its cost of home campaign funding also will be used to advance research and measurement efforts to identify best practices in areas such as preserving home affordability and housing innovation, and to explore how new and existing programs lead to better outcomes for individuals and families.
2: Habitat for humanity has expanded to all 50 States of the U S and in more than 70 countries, families and individuals in need partner with Habitat to build or renovate their own homes alongside volunteers. Awesome.
0: Okay. Well, that's a really cool article. Mackenzie Scott doing something really incredible with her money and giving away a lot of it. Calvin, if you were a billionaire, a billionaire with a B, do you think you'd be able to give away half of your income? Half of your money?
2: Yeah, because a billion dollars is a lot. It is
0: a lot. It's so much. And so when you have and, so much, can you give some of it away?
2: And yeah, and I think that's 1,500,000.
0: A billion is no. a 1,000 million.
2: And then it's it's even higher than a million and half and half million. Is 500000
0: That's right. So a half a billion is a lot, right? Yeah. So if you had a bunch of money and you were going to donate it, how would you donate it?
2: I would donate like down to a million.
0: Yeah? Who would you give it to or how would you give it?
2: I would give it to poor people Mm -hmm. because they don't have homes. They don't have... They don't have any money they don't have anything
0: yeah do you like when mr beast gives away money on his show that you watch yeah yeah do you think that's cool yeah what's the coolest thing mr beast has done with his money
2: he gave away all a bunch of credit cards for no reason to random people
0: oh and then they could use them and spend on them yeah oh how cool that's so nice
2: and there was like a million dollars on them
0: that's so nice do you think he likes giving away money yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Why do you think it's important for people to give away money?
2: I think it's important to give away money because some people don't have like money or food or they're just really poor and they don't really have anything mm-hmm. to use.
0: Yeah. So it's nice to give it to them. Yeah. I like that, buddy. This is a good conversation. Thank you for being on the show with me and talking about. When you have an abundance and you have a lot, it's nice to give some, right, to people. And Mackenzie Scott is showing us how. That's very cool, Mackenzie Scott. Way to go. Very cool. Calvin, I'm going to give you $3. Talking about giving. I'm going to give you $3 for hanging out with me today. How about that? Yay! All right, all right. And Mary, thank you very much for sending us this article. I'll be DMing you back with our thanks and an offer to grab one of the pieces of merchandise we've got at the Marriage, Kids & Money merchandise store. We got T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, you name it, and it's yours. Calvin and I both have some cool shirts. He wears his Marriage, Kids & Money long-sleeve shirt sometimes, and I got my Carpe Diem hoodie on right now. So it's all good, man. Check it out, marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Store and Mary, we're going to give you something nice. So, if you have a good piece of news you want to send our way and get a nice swag from our store, you can tag me at Marriage Kids and Money or on Instagram or at Andy Hill MKM on Twitter. So, either way, if you want to check out that store again, slash store, and Calvin will be here next month sharing the good word. So, please send over some good news, my friends. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, my son Calvin is going to end the show with a quote today from Dwayne The Rock Johnson.
2: Effort increases action. Action creates momentum. Momentum creates success.
0: Excellent. Well, everybody, let's get to work. Carpe Carpe diem. diem.